Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the second volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40k's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Ryan Laplante and players Tom McGee as Interrogator Nero Abagnale, Laura Elizabeth as Piper Fairley, Tyler Hewitt as Seth Corbin, and Del Borovic as Sister Rolien Mina. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band once again heard a psycho-based voice speaking of a young Count Kornos. Nero remained convinced that Horus was still alive, Seth Olien and Piper revealed that they had each been blackmailed by a different house leader, and Olien misinterpreted advice about Nero. But to what end? Who knows what Seth did? And more immediately, who just burst into their rooms? Find out next, in this episode of The Valentine Heresy. From the Chirurgian's recordings of the mutterings of Fabius Bile. Prayer, the last refuge of the damned. I really must investigate the neuropsychological benefits of selective surgery on the right parietal lobe when this is all over. If we could but remove such foolishness from the outset, my task might be easier. Prayer, discussions about religion, all of these things can help fulfill the soul of Sister Olean Mina. But they are not the most helpful uh, when killers burst in through the windows of the bedroom of Nero Abagnale. Uh, Nero, you're awoken as windows shatter and people burst into your room. I think we'll have to do a cool check. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, difficulty, I'm going to say... You were asleep, but you're mm -hmm. paranoid. I'm going to say three. Okay. But I will give you one setback because I think you were sleepy, but we also know you have Imperial conditioning. So I think we'll call it just difficulty three. Yeah, I dig that. Um, cool. This test is for whether or not you react quickly enough to get your gun and move first. Um, yes. We, we may discuss what he does instead of reaching for the gun, but yes, let's That's do that. also totally uh, viable. Great. And if I'm remembering our story points correctly, we're at zero and four right now. You're at zero? I got all five, baby. You got That's nothing. All right. I wouldn't have spent one anyway because I was a sleepy boy. I wouldn't be waking up to fate. Uh, let's see what happens. <laughs> ah, yeah, that sounds about right. Three failure, one threat. Great. Um, so they come in through the windows. Uh, one of them yells, this is for you, Seth. Uh, and they open fire. Uh, mm -hmm. So they are firing last pistols. Wait, what? <laughs> Can we hear this? Uh, I mean, Nero does. Uh, from the other room, what I will say that happens simultaneously is uh, you all hear the front door kicked open uh, and a loud bang as a grenade goes off in the living room. But none of you are in the living room. You're in the bathroom or your separate uh, bedrooms. Uh, but it's clear hostiles are present. Um, obviously, they've moved, but you guys will get the chance to move against them. I will say, Sister Mina, you have nothing because you went into the bathroom. You would not have brought your weapons into the bathroom. Are are you are you sure about that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel she. I feel she takes the. It is her her security blanket shield. <laughs> I would say that it goes everywhere with her. Also. So is it like but your cell phone mention. where you just like would prop it near the bath just so right. you can see but it? Right, okay. but also, also I, I failed to mention is that part of bathing herself is also bathing her weapons because Adeptus Sororitas, part of their like religious thing is taking care of all of their stuff and making sure it's clean. So she was also planning on cleaning her weapons. Yeah, you really don't want a dandruffy nice. shield. Okay, 
Um, I will I will negotiate with you here. I okay. will say you have your shield. Okay. But you don't have the other stuff. You wouldn't Fine. actually clean your weapons in water that would rust them, so it's it doesn't make sense. Uh, what I will say is you would have your shield because if that's of religious significance and you were going to make a religious call, I would believe you have that in the room with you. You have a religious movement, if you will. You will have time, however, to carry the shield out into this round or to start to get dressed. There will not. There will have to be a choice there. Okay. Um, Seth, you have your gear with you, obviously, uh, except for your armor. Uh, Piper, you were probably uh, you were asleep, so you just. Your Piper, but Warden is fully geared up. But most importantly, we're in the room with Nero Abigail, <laughs> um, where they have yelled, uh, this is for you, Seth. And then they are opening fire with last pistols. So I'm just building their pool here. All right. So normally I have a defense of two. However, my uh my my sweet protector uh Mina stripped me of my coat before putting me to sleepy time. So I only have a defense of one right now for my armored body glove. Okay. Um, unless they, I have a bulletproof sheet, you know, if it's one of those hotels <laughs> with bulletproof sheets, but I don't think so. No, they didn't fortify the inside. How oh, we really should have booked with gold points, uh. not with standard points. This is on us. <laughs> All right, so they have uh, two yellow and one green. Uh, this is at close range, but not engaged. So it'll be uh, two purple. Uh, they get one setback for your armored body glove, and I will give them another setback for having, essentially, they're still hooked up to their ropes, having sure, just come yeah, through the window. Sense. Yep. Uh, let's see what, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to use a story point. Let's do this. These guys are, are nasty. Let's get the story points in the game while I got them. It's like, I want story points back, but I also don't want you to use them. <laughs> this is this is Fair. the trade. Yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. All right, let me confirm this damage and then it'll be it'll be interesting. So they they both open fire and just rake the bed uh with last pistols. Oh, um so you're supposed to make the bed, not rake yes. the bed. Make um, the bed. What is it. your what is your soak, Tom? Uh well, my soak is normally 6, uh but I'm only wearing my my bulletproof pajamas. So my soak is uh Ron plus bulletproof pajamas. So it's uh I'll be at 4. Okay, so you will take um four uh points of damage that get through your soak from uh being damaged because it was actually hey, 8. Hey. Uh and because of an unlucky roll on their part, uh <laughs> uh you also take a critical injury. So just a second, I need to find out what that is. Uh, a sudden jolt, uh, which would normally make you drop whatever is in your hand. What I will say is uh, you flail for the gun on the desk beside you, but instead of grabbing it, you actually hit it across the room behind them. Love it. Um, and you have been hit with uh, with last fire. So that is what happens in that room. Uh, you are now in this collective phase of getting to respond uh, as they continue to, to close in on you. Uh, what I will say is, Nero, you see them draw uh, swords, short functional swords uh, closer to a cutlass than a traditional blade. Uh, they are in black fatigues with black uh, masks, full head masks with just eye holes, full mouth covered, uh, gloves, boots, um, looking professional. Um, all, the, all the pockets and accoutrement you would expect from uh, professional assassins, essentially. Um, Nero, what do you do? And then we'll cut outside to the room. Okay. Um Uh, just kind of like wheezing. Um, I'll just mutter, it's going to take more than that to kill Seth Corbin. Um, and then I'll, uh, 
just yell, Warden! Um, and uh, I'm going to uh, thrust out uh, my my hand hard um, and uh, flip the uh, the gauntlet um, around. Uh, Ryan, when you built our dear sweet boy Nero, you gave him an axe. I don't feel like he carries an axe around because that's too metal for, for our sweet squishy boy. Um, so I really think this is like a, like Jack Kirby Eternals, like fucking weird, like I have blades on my arms, not in a cool, like Assassin's Creed way, but literally like flip the gauntlet up like I'm Buzz Lightyear and it's got an edge on it. So I can like slash at people ineffectively because I suck at melee combat, but it's the best he's got. So I'm going to flip that around and kind of like struggle back on the bed into like a very cowardly like come at me stance uh and just hope i can fend them off until warden shows up so i want to drop into uh defensive okay yeah defensive that, that's my, that's totally my axe, valid my axe gauntlet so they are closing in on you uh meanwhile uh the other three of you are all in your individual rooms you don't know what anyone else is doing but you've just heard a grenade go off i think you're all combat savvy enough to be able to recognize that sound uh and recognize that was not a flashbang that was a frag grenade so there is shrapnel that has gone around that room Oh, um, shit. You know you have moments before uh, whoever has done what sounds like a very textbook uh, combat entry will start kicking in the rest of the doors, but you do have a moment to turn the momentum back. So what do each of you do? I will say... Or do you know what? Let's do, let's do a roll for this so we can get this really easy. This one's going to be cool because it's not your ability to be ready for an ambush. This is just your speed of response to an ambush that is happening. Uh, no difficulty. This is just to get a, a number. Sorry, Ryan, what was that? Cool. Cool? Okay. Uh, no difficulty. It's just... Uh, this is for initiative? Yes, this is for initiative. Okay. I can use vigilance. <laughs> I just got six advantages. Okay. <laughs> Damn. I didn't roll correctly, so I'm just going to re-roll here. Uh, three advantages for me. One success. All right. Um, Tyler, can you roll me a D6? Yep. Actually, roll me two d6, and then tell me their numbers individually. Okay, the first roll was a one, the second one is a three. Great. Uh, while you are all about to prepare to burst out into the open and deal with the problem, uh, your doors are kicked in. Uh, one of them, a uh, team, a single member, kicks into the bathroom, where, Mina, you are scrabbling for uh, your shield. And another kicks open the door to Piper's room. Piper, can you roll me... Uh, do you know what? I don't even need you to do it. Uh, Warden's going to get to go first because Warden is Warden and there's no way Warden. <laughs> Warden was the one person expecting and an ambush. someone very handsome warned him. So mm, true, true. Uh, so can you roll me an attack from uh, an attack from Warden uh, shooting? Unless you think Warden's style would be to close to immediate uh, melee, which would also be allowed. Mm, I think it's faster to shoot. Great. He's getting the job done. So that's just him with the help pistol, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, difficulty will be two. Uh, the defense is one. So one setback die. Okay. One sec. Difficulty two. And one I setback. will, yeah, I will use a, a story point uh, because this is an ambush coming out of nowhere to increase one of your difficulty to a red. Okie dokie. Great. Let's see what happens. Rolling. <laughs> Two successes, one triumph, and one threat. Mm -hmm. 
Hi, friends. It's Ryan here, your resident producer with Dum Dums and Dice. And I also voice characters that you've heard and I GM season two. And I am here to invite you to help support us producing this show and all of our other shows through our Patreon for Dum Dums and Dice. You can go to patreon.com slash dice and support us today. And it makes a world of difference. Plus, if you join, you get exciting things. We have a fan exclusive discord. We do weekly tableside video chats. You get advanced access to episodes and the videos before the rest of the public do. You can submit names for places, people and things that pop up in the shows. You can create your own NPCs that interact with our parties on an ongoing basis. You can get special thank yous. Heck, if you if you want, we can even do one-shot adventures with you or start up a series with you. Just patreon.com slash dice. Please support us today. It will save us from a grim, dark future so we can keep making a show for you in a grim, dark future. And it's a hell pistol, which does how much damage? Hell pistol uh, does eight damage. Base plus plus two successes plus the triumph. Plus the triumph. Uh, I think this is a co- the grenade goes <laughs> off. You're both scrambling to get awareness. A guy kicks in the door and just takes a hell pistol shot right to the face. Like he's just in the door and dead nice. instantly uh, in Piper's room. Uh, meanwhile. Mina, someone is kicked in the door uh, and they are going to be opening fire at you. Um, Mm -hmm. They are carrying a last gun. uh, So let's see what happens. Uh, Your defense, as you don't have the shield yet, you're getting it in hand, but it's not up because they acted before you got to. Um, So your defense is essentially negligible. because nothing. Yeah, I don't don't have armor on. I don't have a sword. I don't have a shield. Yeah. All right, let's see. What happens? Ugh, of course. Uh, they get two advantage and one failure is their their role result, which is, I should use a story point, but <laughs> I forgot. Uh, no, but uh, what I will say is uh, they fire and knock your shield further away from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they miss you, but tag the shield. It doesn't damage the shield, but it bounces it across the bathroom. So you'll either have the option of going back to get the shield or charging at them without it but you're going to have to choose one or the other for next turn. This is the equivalent of like washing your car and then it rains. Like you just cleaned the shield. Now it's all floor (laughs) dirty again. My God. Yeah. Seth, what do you want to do? I think hearing all this commotion, does he, does he hear things like this is for you, Seth? Uh, I think shouted. I think you would hear this is for you, Seth, from the distance, right yeah. out the gate. Now all this action is happening at the same time. Like uh, yeah, Nero yeah. is yelling that he is Seth while, you know, gunfire is happening in the bathroom while a hell pistol is shooting a guy in the face while he kicks in a door. So you're hearing just a tremendous amount of violence, but it's all really fast um, okay. and really nasty. All right. Um, yeah. So some of us, you know, openly and vehemently worship the emperor, some of us, it seems, worship Horus. Uh, <laughs> Seth uh, worships at the altar of Seth Corbin, folks. So he's going to... Um, <laughs> he's also in terrible shape um, after the day he's had. So he's going to... Um, he's going to s- spring out of bed as best he can, and he's going to put his push his mattress up against the door to buy him precious seconds to put his armor on. Great. Um, so Seth is strapping himself into gear. Uh, meanwhile, uh, inside the bedroom, 
uh, and realistically through the rest of the place, but inside the bedroom mainly, uh, the two mercenaries are closing in on you. You're clearly outclassed, but Nero is, has taken a defensive stance. What does that mean for us mechanically? Yeah, yeah. So when you take a guarded stance, it basically means you realize that you're outclassed and you're probably going to get your ass kicked and you want to get your ass kicked the least amount you can. <laughs> so it means that I will add, it's a maneuver, so it's like my full full action other than yelling a couple times. Um I add uh, one setback to any combat checks I make until the end of my next turn. However, I also gain melee defense one on top of my existing melee defense until the end of uh, my next turn. Great. So basically, I'm giving up combat ability to give myself a little bit more. It's, it's setback for setback, really. We're just trading. Okay. And uh, what do you, what is your already base melee defense? Uh, it's not great, uh, without my sweet, sweet coat. Um, so currently I'm sitting at just to minus some things here. So I'm dropping, uh, uh so my normal, <laughs> normal melee defense is two. I lost the coat. So it's one, but I'm in defensive coward stance. So I add one. So uh, using two. my stupid wrist axe to just keep them at my sort of scythe gauntlet to keep them at, at bay. Great. I am going to use a story point. Because he is, they're they're coming in swinging. Hmm. Uh, you do have story points. Would you use one in return for your own franchise? Um, yeah, realistically, like from a meta perspective, no, bad call. <laughs> but from a neuro perspective, I've just told them that I am Seth Corbin, and I'm just trying to stay alive until Warden gets here. So yes, I'll 100 percent uh, burn a, a story point, please, to make that a bit harder. Great. Uh, All right, and let's... oops, sorry, my no, more thing. Oh man, I just gave you a proper Canadian oop. Um, yeah, um, I will say um, <laughs> I'll just in a panic yell. I have a kill switch, um, and just like hold a fist up, uh, and uh, I'm gonna call that my <laughs> clever retort. Which is once per social or combat encounter, I can use this talent to add two threat to an opponent's role by saying something cruel, clever, or distracting. It's none of the above, but I'm hoping it's dark enough that me just doing this while flailing my stupid gauntlet is enough to like make them think twice. Oh, wow. Cause hesitation. All right, yep. let's let's see what happens. So that means wow. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. You would think that would stop them. Uh, but between the two of them, <laughs> one of the bats you? one of them bats your weapon aside uh and just smashes your gauntlet and it ends up stuck in the bed uh behind you so you can't even raise it forward to defend yourself uh, and you realize in this situation almost surreally smoke has begun to build at the floor of the room as this second figure steps towards you mm. uh, and they raise their cutlass and they're about to slam it down onto your exposed neck uh, when a flash of color appears around you and a scintillating blade appears over your shoulder and blocks it. And Nero, you look up and see what you would recognize, I think, as an Eldari uh, in a, like massive robes and and a, they're floating an inch off the ground with a belt around their waist, <laughs> moving with perfect form and grace, even almost as dancing while holding still, one could describe it, with just flashes of color and digitized energy appearing around them. Uh, they are in a full face mask that hides their face uh, with a white pearlescent cover on it. Uh, and they just uh, say something in Eldari that, I don't think you speak Eldari, do you? Uh, I can roll a check. They give me some forbidden lore, baby. Yeah, man. Because I might not. 
<laughs> but yeah, I will uh, say for Yep, Forbidden Lore works. Um, what, uh, what difficulty are we playing with here, dude? I'm going to say this is difficulty four for this one. Or, you know, uh, yeah, difficulty four because A, uh, there are a lot of dialects of Aldari, and B, it's a combat scenario, which are the yeah, two yeah, things yeah. that boost it up from where it would otherwise be. Cool beans. Um, I will take it. Uh, yeah, cool. Um, I don't think I can make any arguments for boost on this because um, it's this is more a passive, just like obviously in shock like he's not cool with this uh it's just whether or not his brain registers it um great i'm gonna roll yeah one failure don't get it i miss it yeah distracted by imminent death you don't make it out um but you are shocked and clearly so are your attackers uh who freeze in place uh and this aildari uh spins their blade around in a wickering circle as they backflip over you it's like a gymnast as though they'd gone off a beam only this eldar went from standing uh to swinging forwards uh and they behead the warrior who had just stabbed you and twirling their sword and a blade stab up through the groin of the other warrior and the blade comes out the back of the mercenary's neck and they would withdraw it with no blood whatsoever the blood just begins to pool out of the bodies uh, as they hit the ground and slowly i'll uh open my fist and just say i told you assholes i had a bomb and then i'll wet myself i'm fucking terrified <laughs> but i still want to get that fucking line in yeah, the, the, the sword-bladed Eldari does not respond to these words, just backflips forward and perfectly out the window. <laughs> uh, but when you look at the window, there's another Eldari in position, uh, crouched a la Spider-Man in the window, only much taller, almost seven feet tall originally, with plumage, a flowing cloak, uh, and a massive uh, force stave in their hand, uh, twirling uh, like the, the central pillar that you would see in old fantasy festivals like it's just got all things around it mm. covered in uh, black and white diamonds as well as diamonds of every color with the same uh yeah. con contorting uh prismatic air uh, surrounding them in a variety of colors their mask is smiling but it's just a smile there are no eyes there's nothing else uh and there's a plume of feathers uh, coming out of the back of the the helmet and they look at you and just say in heavily accented gothic Count Kornos, not yet. Forget the past. Watch the future. Chase the dream. And they backflip out of the room and the smoke disappears. Uh, and if you run to the window, I don't know if you're a run to the window. I can't. I'm for stuck, to the, yeah, stuck, stuck to the bed. And honestly, I would be making no movements because I don't want anything to be considered a threat. So I'll just wave with my like gauntleted hand uh, in a kind of ineffectual way. And I'm just like, this is very much like, you know, someone pushed me out of the way of the train and I'm just like, okay, I'll just hang out here. I, yeah, I don't think you would. Harlequins are scary and I'm not going after them. They can just go. It's cool. Thumbs yeah. Up. <laughs> so they're gone. Uh, meanwhile, outside, uh, what is everyone doing? Mina, you are in the bathroom with your assailant. Yep. I think we'll cut to there next. That feels like the most urgent of any of these stories. So, Mina, how do you react? Your shield has been thrown away from your attacker. Your armed attacker is closing in on you, uh, reaching for a melee weapon, a sword at their side. But what do you do? Yeah, I think she's going to go back and go after the shield and, like, get behind it because she has nothing else. Like, she could try to punch this man, but that's not very smart. So she's she's going to at least get the shield, but she has nothing else on <laughs> 
Great. Uh, I will say you do get the shield up. Uh, and because we're in fight time, whereas everybody yep. else is in moving towards fight time, we'll just continue with this for a moment. So they will open fire, but your deflect is now three, I think, Correct. with the shield? Yes. Yeah. Uh, which means... Uh, Three advantage, one failure. So I think they're just closing in on you. This is the mm -hmm. walk forward mm -hmm. and keep shooting, only you've managed to crouch down and your shield is just Behind deflecting it. everything right. as they come yep. towards you. Uh, but they have drawn their melee weapon and are about to strike. However, you have the initiative now because they've had to switch from shooting to sword, mm -hmm. which represents, you know, that role. Yep. What do you do? Oh, she's just going to use the shield and be behind it and barrel into them. So using the shield as a melee weapon by itself and just smack them. Great. Is this trying to injure them with the shield, like the side swipe to the head? Or is this trying to bull rush them out of the bathroom into an area where you might be able to get help? Yeah, just trying to like push and bull rush the person back and hoping hoping that like, yeah, there's more people outside of it. But yeah. Great. I will leave this up to you then, whether or not you want it to be an athletics brawn or whether you want it to be a melee strike. Um, yeah, might for the well role, a, we um, know the purpose. We'll now. do a, yeah, we'll do a melee strike then. Great. Uh, the defense against that will be one. So one setback die. Okay. Uh, the difficulty for a melee strike between engaged parties is always two. So two purple. Okay. Uh, and then you can use your melee light. All right. And then the shield should be a second setback because it's yes. inaccurate. That is correct. Okay. So that's two green, three yellow, two purple, and two setback. And you do have story points just to flag it. No, we're good. <laughs> we'll keep them for everyone else. Three successes, three advantages, which means I triggered knockdown because it's knockdown of one. Nice. And then that means I, if I'm doing damage, <laughs> does, does it still count for that, or is it? I think yeah, yeah, because because you rolled with uh, the setback for using it as an attacking weapon, so I think yes. this would include damage in your overall goal. So what is the damage stat on your shield? Eight. Eight plus Eight. three. <laughs> plus three. So you're doing 11 damage at the gate. Um, yep. Yeah, that's plus the knockdown. Plus knockdown. I think, yeah, you 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 hammer it forwards and activate the field. So it's just screaming against their skin. Uh, and they're screaming in turn <laughs> as with the fury of your righteous vengeance, you actually throw them about 10 feet into the, the living room where they collapse through the coffee table that you had or whatever the imperial equivalent of that, like a golden shitty Trumpian coffee table, mm -hmm. just gets smashed to bits uh, and a corpse is laying there. However, because you did have a very good role, you are not thrust out into the living room in case there are more foes. You're still within the bathroom. You just hit them hard enough that they went flying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Piper and Warden, what are you doing? Or just Warden, if you want to move in combat with Warden. I thought you might. Um, yeah, who's who's left in where in my room? Uh, there is a Warden dead guy took who down the one guy. Dead guy who tried to kick in the door? Yeah. Uh, that is it. Uh, you do, I would say Warden did hear uh, the interrogator yell his name from the other room, if that would influence Warden's behavior. I think most likely this is probably a Laura Places Warden, not Laura Places. Yeah, as yeah. much as I would love to use Piper's powers, I think I think Warden would act so swiftly on this. Um, so yeah, I think he's just like, he's basically like the second, like even before the guy has like dropped to the ground, he's like stepping around and like out the door to to see where Nero called. 
Great. Um, as he steps into the central living area, there is another combatant there heading towards Nero's room, having heard the yell of I'm Seth Corbin. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they are looking over their shoulder and seeing Warden. They haven't turned to engage Warden yet. So what does Warden do? He, he the gun, the gun is already up. Like, then it was just ready to track, so... Yeah, yeah. If he's coming out in a combat stance, that makes sense to me. So he's just yeah. John Wicking his way out, which 100%. is hundred percent. Uh, let's do a combat roll then. So it'll be melee or uh, ranged light. Yep. Difficulty will be two. Okay. And I'll give you a boost because you're coming up on somebody from behind. So I don't think they'll be as prepared as they mm -hmm. might otherwise be. Uh, they have defensive one, so one setback die for okay. their gear. One sorry, one setback. One setback, yes. Okay. Um, and... No, I'm just going to roll with that. That sounds good. Oh, ugh. one threat. Fucking warden. One threat. I think uh, you you open fire, and but the other party uh, ducks and rolls. You are dealing with professionals. These aren't low-level hit people. So the moment they look back and spot Warden, they dive into a roll and okay. Warden's hell pistol shots punch holes in the walls uh, across. Seth, you're strapped into your gear at this point. What do you do? Uh, I activate the cloaking. Um, if that's still functional after taking gunfire. Uh, uh, let's. Warden. I think you'd have at least one backup. Like you, yeah. you don't know how long you're being inserted for and you had the ability yeah. to bring cases full of stuff. So okay. yeah. Um, yeah, so I activate the cloaking. Is cloak co your coat or your armor, just for my brain? It's for the armor, yeah. So I'm okay. not wearing mm -hmm. my coat. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, and having the armor on also means that I have my, uh, my forearm mounted, uh, plasma pistol in addition to my bolt pistol. Yep. Um, uh, probably, I think... I think we also might be able to say for future, I don't know if Seth would sleep without his forearm mounted weapon. Like, I think it's right. subtle enough that he can sleep with that. Um, I think he's going to wait in his room because he's, he's safe right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, hearing, I think the, the glass breaking as they, as they came in, um, I think he would, uh, uh, with the door still, you know, somewhat barricaded, I think he would smash his bedroom window. <clears throat> he wants to look on the outside of the building and kind of get a, an idea of what's going on. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Can you roll me a perception then? Uh, I would also take a streetwise if you think it'd be more knowing where to look because he's been involved in ambushes before, uh, if you'd prefer that. Uh, they're actually exactly the same. I'll say perception. Um Oh, right. This is a really good stat for me. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> it was... Yeah, okay. Uh, one yellow, four green. Um, at what difficulty, sir? Uh, I will say difficulty two. I don't think this is okay. super complicated in terms of what you'd be looking for, which is just like, are there more coming? Where did they come from? Yeah. Um, plus two boost dice to perception rolls. So I'll kick that in as well with my... Integrated aspects. Yep. Okay. And I'll roll. Three successes, two advantages. Three successes, two advantages. Um, you look up 
and see there is a hovercraft comparable to a small shuttle with four anti-grav generators at each of its corners. It looks almost rectangular mm-hmm. in terms of delivery with its with its sides open. It's clearly an advanced model. It's not anything you've seen with any of the the transportation around the city. However, it is pulling up in a way. Clearly, they're cutting their losses on what has happened here. Uh, and you see two rockets uh, spiral up from the defenses around uh, the floor, the ground floor level of the Bolter Express, mm-hmm. uh, and both slam into it. Uh, and it is going down in a crash. Are you looking for anything particular about this before it is eviscerated? Me- I asked because you had some advantage. Yeah, as I think foolish as it would be, like it's just unlikely, but any kind of house livery uh, <laughs> on the side of these uh, hovercraft or anything like that? Or yeah, any, any um, kind of identifier? No, which yeah, is interesting in and of itself. It is entirely bare metal. And you would have to guess based on if it's something that you did today, uh, this would only have been a quick response of the last hour, maybe two, to get a whole flight team together to organize an ambush to go slowly enough to get past the security here. Um, odds are, if this had been, like you couldn't have had a house vehicle and stripped the color off of it. Mm. So there's something interesting in the fact that this is not probably a house strike. That's very interesting. Um, Because the data slate, this is for you, Seth Corbin. I think Seth thought that he had been found out when he planted those devices on um, Lucian Bane. Lucia Bane. Um, So that is something that he's very keen to kind of keep track of mentally. And you uh, get that half second to Marvel before it slams into a building further down the street and the explosion yeah. of debris is so violent you have to duck back inside because right. it would be really depressing to learn that and then die because you <laughs> took a rock in the skull. Yeah. Uh, and then Seth is basically waiting to counter ambush anyone trying to get into his bedroom. Uh, so he is he is cloaked and he is taken up a discreet position in the room with his gun leveled at the door. Great. Mina. Mm-hmm. Outside, you see uh, Warden advancing, opening fire, and you see someone roll in front of the door, like roll past the opening, so you know they are out there and what is happening. Uh, what do you do? Yep. So she's just joining the fray. She's going to run out. And I, maybe she grabbed a towel, if that's possible, in the moment. <laughs> but otherwise, she is wearing a shield, and she is going to go after that other combatant, like checking out the room if she can even see anyone else, but... Yeah, this is a weird thing to note, but I think this would probably be the most comfortable for you in terms of being exposed with Warden because you're aware that he has absolutely no care. Like you're right. both just servants of a job. Yeah. Yeah. And she's not even, her brain is not even there at the moment. It right. is not. Yeah. And it, it's, yeah, it's just more like get this done and protect. And is it, if is she it heard like Nero a, too. Is it a wet towel, like the ultimate locker room weapon? Like you are going <laughs> to fucking take someone's eye out? <laughs> no, like wearing, wearing a, possibly wearing I a see. tiny bit of towel. I, I think what we could, do you know what? Let, let's combine this with your attack roll. We'll just find out how cool this is. And okay, then we yes. Can just roll I just feel like, re- of cool. regardless, for, for visual sake, I feel like it's one of those situations where she's fighting, but it's perfectly like all shot so that the shield is covering her. I was going to say, absolutely. <laughs> no matter how this, is, this goes down in terms of coordination, no one is getting to ogle right. Mina during this fight. This is 
imagine this movie, is like a Jackie bad. Chan level of yeah. lights, <laughs> or like a Van Damme, where it's just like his junk is always somehow covered, no exactly. matter which yeah. drink. Yeah, brash yeah. can lids for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's Aww. perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, she doesn't so care. <laughs> let's roll uh, the the melee light attack then with the shield again. So All it'll right. be difficulty two with two purple, uh, and you have to add one setback for uh, it being clumsy. Uh, from the shield and add a boost because you are coming in on somebody from behind who's busy dodging right. attacks from elsewhere. Okay, so I'm double checking my numbers. Three and two. So two green, three yellow, two purple, one blue, and one black. Yes. I got four successes, two advantage. Another smashed into the ground person with this shield. Yeah, I think that's the answer. You, you catch them mid-roll uh as they are off balance and i'll even say you could stomp on a foot to stop them from getting away and then how do you finish them with a shield and on the way out the door you actually grabbed a towel and managed to snap it around yourself and like knot it at a hip with one there hand you go. stomp smash so yep. how they die yeah she just like stomp smashes and she's the the sound of it is probably odd and terrifying because it's like wet noises like foot slaps like slap 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 and then just a yell like in the middle of the the empty nothing like ah! and just came down with the shield <laughs> and like smashed them like a wild feral wet animal with her hair just like slopping around and the shield on probably the shield is like the glowing blue so it's like complete blackness and just like underlit with blue glowing Ooh, is the last awesome. thing that they see before their face gets smashed in yeah so they're, <laughs> they're dodging away from red bolts and then die by blue lightning uh attached to a shield uh at Beautiful. which point outside here everyone is dead but you know you did hear attacks and screams for warden from the other room mm -hmm. i'm imagining you and warden go oh, for yeah. Nero's door together. That's, yeah, that's where she would be headed for sure, taking the corner around. Fabulous. The two of you kick open that door uh, and find a decapitated body and another body bleeding out and dead, both clearly dispatched in close combat with Nero, his arm stuck to the side of his bed and his other hand raised. Nero, what do you say to try to explain what they're looking at? Yeah, we're going to need to uh, back off on the whole uh, Count Cornos thing. Trust me. Okay? And then I'll just throw up on myself. This episode of The Valentine Heresy features Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter as Interrogator Nero Abignale, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter as Piper Fairley, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Seth Corbin, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter as Sister Olien Mina, and our Game Master Ryan Laplant at the Ryan Laplant on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merch dice available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Are they Imperator and death to all the heretics? 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Congratulations. You've reached the Amelia Project. A new life awaits. If you're not serious about this, hang up. If you continue, there's no way back. Leave your message after the beep. Enter the offices of the Amelia Project and be ready for surprises, twists and turns. Follow the Amelia team as they help their clients fake their deaths and come back with new identities. Each episode is different. Each client coming to the death-faking agency has a unique story to tell. If death and disappearances, comedy and crime, mystery and magic sounds like your cup of... Coco, The Amelia Project is the podcast for you. Search for The Amelia Project wherever you find your podcasts. And remember, leave your message after the beep.